0: Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace Series from The People Mentor, Nicola Richardson.
1: Hi, welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at The People Mentor. Today we're interviewing Nadine Powery. Am I saying your name right, Nadine? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's okay then, who is an executive and leadership
0: coach. Welcome, Nadine. Hello, Nicola. How are you? I'm really well. What about you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm really excited to be talking to you.
1: Thank you. Um, so tell us a bit about your business first, you know, exactly what it is and how long it's been going.
0: Okay, so um, my business is called Nadine Bari Consultancy Limited and I'm an executive and leadership coach, as, you, as you've said, and I help leaders drive change overcome straight challenges and create growth mindsets. So it's about coaching and it's about um, helping those leaders um, drive change at a time where everything is changing, particularly in the UK. So I work on the one-to-one and with groups and I, work, I deliver training and I deliver master classes. Mm-hmm. So for example, my next masterclass is on the 28th of March and I will be focusing on Uh, coaching for managing difficult conversations. So I run about six master classes uh, per year. I work with private clients and I work with big corporations around the world. And uh, um, I use my language because I can also speak French. So I have some French clients, which is nice. Um, and my business has been going for, uh, for three years. I am in my third year of my business because right. I started in July 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's growing, it's expanding. So it's, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, exciting times then. Um so with your masterclasses,
1: you so you're obviously keeping them fairly small at the moment. And where are these held? Are they in
0: London? Yes, they're they're held at Water Space in London, um near St Pancras. Um mm-hmm. It's a very nice learning environment. They have different uh, rooms depending on the number of participants that you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what I love about Water Space is that they prepare breakfast for the participants, and the lunch is really really delicious. And I think it's um it's the attention to details that yeah. uh, that is important. And and you know it's important for my company for my brand. Um, they look after us very well so this is why I chose water space I'm very proud actually to uh, to have my master class at water space
1: mm, sounds lovely so it sounds a bit like lots of learning but also a little bit of um nice kind of relaxation when you have your when you have your meal so so is it a
0: cooked meal I'm intrigued now is it a cooked meal or a buffet um, it's a it's a kind of buffet, but it's um, it's it's really fresh food, and mm-hmm. it can be hot um, or, or cold. But it's it's a bit like those um, um, cafe um, food cafe where you go with you can eat vegan, you can eat vegetarian. You know they accommodate for for your needs. Um, mm-hmm. And it's freshly made and it's just absolutely delicious. And I think it's important when you organize um, a a training or this masterclass for me, I think it's important to look after your delegates because it's quite intensive during the day and I want them to feel relaxed, but I also want them to feel alert. So I need to feed in for their brain to work in the way that I want it to work. Um, so I'm trying to look after them the best I can, and WaterSpace are really supporting me very well for that. Mm. So,
1: sounds a really a different way of thinking about things, and it's that attention to detail which you do have, and it comes out in your posts, I think. So yeah,
0: I like the sound of that. I, say, I, say, I think it's, it's also nice for people to, you know, we, we have some breaks and it's also nice for people to just network and sit in a, in a nice environment. Yeah. Um, I, the, the environment has an enormous impact on me as a person, maybe because I was um, an educator at one point in my career. So the way that the environment is designed, the colors, um, the space, you know, even the, the scent, um, everything has, has an impact and so it's it's not only about the food but it's about the place and it's just magical for me and I wanted a magical place for my master class mm-hmm.
1: yeah because they do say surroundings make all the difference and I think there was one of your posts where um you were you were talking about surroundings I'm sure it was your post yes yes and um it did it took me back to a learning experience I had when I went into the HMRC as in the department. Probably not something they'd want shared, but we used to go to Loris Hall um, in Lincoln and we would have a week-long intensive course on management and we went for that and it was so hot, so I always remember mm. this. Um, so the tutor said, shall we go and sit outside in the shade and discuss this? Because we were discussing the subject and we did that. And actually that memory stays with me and that learning far more than if we just sat in a stuffy old classroom, to be yes. honest.
0: Yes. I mean, I, uh, when I was a teacher, I would, um, I would tend to take my students out. I love experiential learning. And I think, yeah. it, uh, I think it's just great to use the environment in the best possible way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, I uh, am. Yeah. Sounds
1: fascinating. So, so if they want to uh, go on your these masterclasses, they can just get hold of you on
0: LinkedIn. Or... Yes. Yes. On LinkedIn or on my uh, website. So it's www.nadineparry.com forward slash masterclass forward slash coaching for managing difficult conversations. Or okay. they can email me at nparry at com. Very easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'd just be going for the for the uh, the
1: meals. (laughs) Sorry, Nadine. (laughs) I do like food. So, in case nobody's realised, so what made you start your business? What what lay behind it?
0: Okay. Um, Well, I've I've always worked in education all my life. Um, I I actually came in the UK. I'll I'll tell you a bit about the story so that there'll be a logic into it. I came in the UK in 1989. And um, I've stayed in the UK since then. And I've worked at the University, at the university of Newcastle upon time to start with. And then I became a school teacher. And then I made my way up. And then I became a head teacher. And I did two headships secondary. Um, and at some point in my second, in fact, very early on in my second headship. I really wanted to focus on what I loved, I loved most, which was coaching and training. Mm-hmm. And when you're a head teacher, you don't really focus on what you love most. You know, you have to do a number of things that uh, perhaps, you know, you don't have a, an interest in them. And I thought, well, actually, um, I, I have to follow my passion. And uh, at that point of my life, my father passed away. He had uh-huh. cancer. And, you know, sometimes you need a a critical moment like that in your life to make you realize that actually working 20 hours a day is not sustainable. My father was right. Um, And that perhaps I needed to press pause and stop and and re-look at what I was doing because I was just um, a robot working flat out. Yes, I was making uh, progress and, uh, you know, I was successful. But also, um, I, was on, I was not doing only what I wanted to do. And um, there is a point where you think, actually, my children are grown up. Oh, I've got one more at university, but they, they, they were grown up at that point. And I thought, now is the time. So I started my own business. Um, and my, my husband was really supportive because he said to me, if you don't start it now, you'll never do it. Um, mm and um, he's been extremely supportive, and my children have been extremely supportive. They're they all involved in my business as well. Um, oh, are they? Yes, yes. Um, so, so my daughter and her husband-to-be um, designed the website and they did my uh, business card because they're very into uh, design and the logo oh, and the colors. Um, and they we are both working for Cisco, so they're all in they're both into technology. So they've said to me, You you need to have something really nice that stands out. Um, our other daughter did a film for me and um, about what the company is about. Um, my youngest daughter is my research assistant, she helps me with research. Um, and our son just gives me advice, you know, the big <laughs> picture. <laughs> he just, uh, he's a dentist, but uh, he's just giving me advice and saying, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that really looks good. So it's kind of a family business. Um, okay. my, my husband is very involved in it. Um, he's helping a lot with the website now because, it, you know, we are refreshing it kind of every week um like you i'm doing podcast and i started in 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 january so i wanted to do a new a new page on my website well that takes time as you know um You know, sometimes you want something on your website, and that means ten hours of work because we're not specialised in website building. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's a family business, and I would like it to remain like that. Um, that. That's lovely. And funnily enough, you should say that. It's like
1: my daughter did my website. Okay. Um, built it for me, gave it to me as a Christmas present one year. Oh, that's lovely um and then if i do workshops sometimes when i first started doing workshops my oldest daughter would often come and help me and support me that's um, nice. and my youngest one would come and take the photographs because she's yes. a photographer as well now so um so you're right and my husband just chauffeurs me everywhere so <laughs> <laughs> so you're right so, and it works really well doesn't it because then you good. do feel supported
0: yes yes yeah and they know you as well so they yeah. kind of know what you want and you don't have to re-explain everything. It's easier. Yeah. So at least you've got that support.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was interested because you've got some qualifications, haven't you, for your coaching? Yes. Um, so I was intrigued by, um, you know, who you did that with, and what, 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 what was the certificate you actually got, or what, what, what was it? Because um, there are a lot of coaches out there, but I'm not convinced all of them. Um, have got the right qualifications. So people mm. need to know. Sometimes they don't always ask that first, but it's worth knowing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's interesting you, you ask me because actually in my um, in my career as a coach, I've never been asked about the kind of qualification that I've got. People assume that you're a coach. Everybody can be a coach. Everybody calls themselves a coach at the moment, anyway. Um, so this is why when I started my business, I actually spent a year. Uh, while I was uh, setting up my business investing in myself um, so I did two coaching qualifications that are fully accredited by the International Coaching Federation um, which is the biggest organization for coaching um, and and I'm very proud of that I mean it was a it was a huge investment um, yeah. the, my, my second qualification for my second qualification I had to do a, a number of hours uh, of training with, uh, with, with a coach. Uh, uh, we were in groups and I trained with uh, staff from Amnesty International, actually. All right. Um, and uh, at the end, I had to take an exam, a three hours exam, uh, multiple choice, which is quite, um, it's quite difficult, actually, when, you know, you, 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 you can see the clock ticking and you've got so many questions that you have to go through, and it's scenarios, situations so so you can't really think too long about your yeah. responses, so you have to know um, what you are what you are saying. and My coach would spend quite a bit of time listening to the recording that I would um, have with my clients. Right. and we, we would put them under the microscope, and then she would feed back to me on the quality of my coaching, looking at the competencies. Mm -hmm. Um, on coaching. So so I'm very proud of the fact that I've chosen um, ICF, I think it's an amazing organization. Um, I still um, do a lot of training with them. Um, I'd like to move to my next level of coaching, which is a PCC. Um, I need to have more hours of coaching. So at the moment, I'm kind of clocking the number of hours that I am am doing. But they are doing great webinars online. and you know, I'm growing as a as a coach, but I continue to invest in myself, um,
1: which you need to, don't you? I, you do. I, I think I think when you have your own business, whatever it is that you do, you have to keep it fresh and alive. Yes, don't
0: you? yes yes yeah. well i've applied to be a speaker at uh, the icf uh, conference in october oh wow so i'm just waiting to hear i just hope they say yes um, yeah oh so... we'll have to keep us posted yes. on that one yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant I'm excited. yeah i hope it works out we'll see we'll see yeah excellent so what sort of subjects
1: do you tend to cover so i know you do the difficult conversations What other subjects
0: do you do? Um, I mean, I I can't go in depth in what I do because I, you know, I, I, it's, it's quite confidential, but I would say that the the main topics that I cover are always linked to change. Um, So we talk, we talk a lot about um, having a vision, for example, and being able to communicate that vision because sometimes people can see their vision, but they can't put it in words. And then it means that people don't understand what the vision is about. Yeah. Um, so communication skills is quite, um, it's quite a big topic. Um, resistance to change, but that will, will not surprise you. <laughs> do you know, I actually realized a couple of
1: years ago that I was very resistant to change. I could do it to everybody else, but when mm. it was done to me, oh, I was terrible, absolutely mm. terrible. And I had to sit down um and assess where where it really was what was causing me to behave in such a way mm. um and actually it was a lovely lesson to learn so yeah. that when you when you're helping an employee you you need to work out what it is that's causing that reaction don't yeah. you so as you all know um so yeah um So I did. I did bottom it out, and I did resolve it. So that was the main thing. That's
0: that's good. Yeah. I mean, another um, topic that's quite a big one is ambition versus uh, well-being. Mm. You know. So so do you have to work long hours to get there? Um, I tend to work with um, uh, men um, as women. I mean, it's kind of fifty percent in my business, so I've got quite a good gender balance. Um, But it looks a little bit more difficult for women because you know they have ch- they, they have the children and yeah. uh, and and uh, yeah it, it, they're always things in the way and they, they're always feeling that they're having to work more um, mm-hmm. so we talk about the the boundaries the limits um, and the well-being because you know it's not it's not because you work 20 hours a day that actually you are very successful because you're exhausted and you don't have thinking time and then you end up making the wrong decision um and also it's not because you're at the top as a ceo that you are confident sorted you can express yourself you know very efficiently actually it's not the case um i often use the iceberg um when i talk with my clients because when you go underneath and you look at what people don't see it's actually quite um deep and revealing and um it's very helpful for them it's uh sometimes it's a painful journey, but it's a it's a very helpful one because it's a bit like you that then understand mm. where things are not quite going right, and then mm. they put it right and then they're okay yeah, it's a nice yeah. journey it's a nice journey yeah it is
1: it is when you when you realize um actually if I do this this and this actually um I'm gonna be a lot more in harmony peace almost isn't it and yeah I think I think that was one of my lessons when I had my heart attack was that I was doing long hours I had lots going on at home and I had lots going on at work and it was really stressful um and what I realized was I couldn't do everything I had to take a step back and realize and actually that was my biggest lesson in learning to delegate as well and delegate properly
0: yeah
1: so um I did I didn't know you had a heart attack. Yeah, I had a heart attack. Um it's nearly 5 years now thank goodness. So mm. um yeah um and it all coincided around my um dad being seriously ill and then dying mm. and having a lot of pressure at work. Um but some of it I probably brought on myself but you don't mm. realize that at the time no, do you? No, Somebody yeah. else has to point it out to you mm. often. Mm. But you're okay. You, you're okay now. Yes, I'm absolutely okay. fine now. Okay. So. Good good on medication for life but apart from that rattle a bit but yeah okay <laughs> yeah. um I, I also see that you've got a, a cipd qualification did did you do that while you were teaching
0: or was that off? no it was it was that first year when i set up my business i thought i thought i'm going to look at my wish list and i'm going to take everything on my wish list and when i was a head teacher i was always fascinated by hr um and we we were um, uh, in in my first school we became an academy um so we were a little bit more independent on hr so we hired you know uh, a company but i would really throw myself in with passion because i find it uh, yeah well, it's really interesting And um, I did the same thing in my second headship and I thought clearly it's kind of appealing to me. And um, so I contacted CIPD and said, I want to do a qualification. What do you have? And they explained to me. So for a year I studied um, and it's a qualification in HR and services. It's a level five qualification. So I I wrote my essays for a year on different topics, you know, HR procedures and the laws and the recruitment and talent management and, you know, you name it. But actually it was really interesting because um, it nourished my passion. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think it's, um, it's helping me being a better coach. Now, some people might say, and I know that there is a school of people in ICF who say, you don't need to be expert in a topic to be a coach. Um, I actually disagree with that. I think that if you are expert in certain topics, you're asking better questions that's my view you know but some yeah. people disagree with me and that's okay yeah. um and, and I kind of yeah I, I think there is something to that
1: because yes. as you know I've done um I've done professional consulting um qualification which I'm so glad I did because it taught me to see things slightly different and use some more tools that I didn't know about and then I'm just in the process of this flipping strategic leadership and management yeah. um, qualification. And that has really helped as well and, yeah. and helps me ask slightly different questions now. Yeah, so I, think, I think you're right. I think there, yeah. there is something about it. Can, it just, it's just an added bonus, really. Yes,
0: yes. And, and also, I don't know, but you've got the terminology. I mean, people sometimes are asking me, they said, you know, that question is really, really good. Well, I, I would never have asked that question had I not known you know, with the study that I that I did, um, yeah. the depth of the study. So I, I think it's uh, it's helped me um, immensely, yes. Good
1: investment. And I can understand why you were fascinated with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I do get that one. So there you go. Um, so what's the most enjoyable part of your business, would you say? Is it the actual coaching
0: or the masterclasses or wouldn't you tell me? I, I think for me, it's diversity. It's the diversity of my business in terms of the client's profile. Um, Men, women, in terms of where they are in the world, in terms of um, where they are in a company and their responsibilities and their problematics. Um, It's the type of work that I am getting because um, I do my master classes, I do training, I do coaching. Um, I, do, I do a bit of auditing as well. Um, all right. I, I do some reviews as well and for some organizations. So it's just that um, it's very different. And I love, I love the fact that it's not the same all the time. Um, I mean, coaching is never the same anyway, because you're always having different conversations. But even with my um, masterclass on coaching for managing difficult conversations, because I've run it several times now, And I never run it in the same way. You know, I never reuse the PowerPoint. I always start from scratch because I like designing things. And I also like, um, you know, I've listened to what people have said. I've listened to their feedback, the question they've asked. And then I'm thinking, well, I won't do this. I'm going to do that now. Um, So I I just love what I am doing. In fact, I love my job. Well, that's that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah yeah that is that is brilliant and I love the, the thought of all that
1: diversity that's going on yeah and I, I don't think I realize the depth of what you do necessarily ah okay so <laughs> yeah okay okay Thanks, Nadine. okay um I know you said that everything is confidential when we're talking about coaching yeah. um but are there any sort of key issues that you could pull out that that you could mention or not
0: I think what I would say is that there is a common denominator at the moment, because I'm working with leaders who are driving change,
1: yeah. The
0: common denominator is speed. Exactly. So, is speed. The, speed, the speed of the change, you know. Uh, yeah. We talk about the VUCA world. Um, and I think that that's becoming an increasing issue for leaders who um, know, perhaps, perhaps we are not looking at times, in the same way a few years ago and now everything has to be done quick fast people are in out you know Um, and and that's quite difficult for a number of leaders that I am supporting
1: yeah no I I would say from the feelings of things I'm connected with that I would say yeah that that's definitely speed and ambiguity Yes. Well, because because quite often you don't have all the facts. You don't know exactly where you're heading, and it's kind of because we work in an agile way these days, don't we? So we sometimes we know where we want to get to a short distance away, but we don't know the long term view. Yes. Yes. yes
0: So whether it's all that uh, playing
1: yeah. in, I don't know.
0: But also there is cost because everybody wants to cut down on cost. yeah um, And. And sometimes the what is being replaced um, actually could appear to be worse off, um, and people are really struggling with that. Yeah. And you know, letting go of the the great people that you know in your in your organization, and learning to work without those people, mm. um, and that can be so. Adapt a transition uh, mm. is 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 a big one. Adaptation is a, is another one. Mm. Um, and, and that's not resolved overnight. Um, no, you know, it take, no. It takes time. Um, it takes time. It's quite painful, actually, for some people.
1: Yeah, no, it is very painful at times, you know. And having experienced change where I didn't feel it was the right thing, that's incredibly difficult to move forward. You yeah. have to find a way. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you take a little bit longer than other people. Um yeah. And that's one of the things that I dealt with with a manager is that um, giving them ways of dealing with situations like that. And it's about giving people time more than anything else and talking to them regularly. People don't yeah. do that enough.
0: No, and, and, but I also think that sometimes people don't have, are not given the time um, yes. because, You're right. you know, because, because the organization has to move and yeah. there is no negotiation. And, and yeah. I totally get that. You know? I yeah. mean, if I was at the top, I'd probably make that same decision. Mm. Um, But it's just that uh, sometimes it's quite difficult to align pace for everybody. um, Because as a leader yourself, you have your own needs. And then you have the needs of your people that you line manage, which are totally different. um, And that's the the kind of of struggle, I would say. Mm. um, That's
1: amazing.
0: I could talk to Peace. you out about that.,. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, what tip would you give when you're going to have a difficult conversation with a team member? So I'm intrigued. What would be your top tip that you'd give somebody when they're, when they're getting ready for a meeting?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, for, I mean, first of all, I, I think it depends if the meeting is planned or not planned. And I'm saying that because um, I had the policy when I was a, a head teacher to leaving my door open um so people could come in when my door was closed i was in a meeting but when my door was open you know i wanted people to come in yeah. and sometimes you can have unplanned difficult conversations yeah. so people come in and then suddenly poof you know um and to that i would say be an active listener there is nothing you can do you know yeah. uh so just listen uh you don't need to make a a, a decision on a response straight away um Mm-hmm. But I think offering um, a listening space, I think, is really is really important so mm-hmm. that people feel that they are heard. I think that would be the first one of the unplanned conversation. Um, and that's I guess, really, yeah, that's really useful
1: for anybody listening um, because you do get those unplanned ones and you frequently go into startle mode,
0: don't you, yes. and
1: panic. So that's yes. a really good tip.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, the temptation would be to just respond, and you know, but actually, your best not to, because you need to unfold. I mean, you know, as as a leader, you would need to unfold that. Um, So, just active listening would be my uh, would be my advice. Mm -hmm. When it's a planned conversation, then prepare, but do not over prepare. Yeah, because sometimes people make assumptions on the person opposite you, and they get it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And they get really anxious because the plan that they prepared isn't <laughs> working. So yeah. it needs to be a fine balance about being prepared with the fact and, you know, what people can't argue with, uh, but also for the unexpected. Yeah. And the unexpected is the the active listening and the question you're asking. And what do you want to get out of this conversation?
1: Mm. No, you're right. That's another good tip. Exactly. <laughs> And I quite agree. I've never overplanned, thank goodness. I, I always try and go in very open minded about what's going to happen. But what mm. I potentially would like to happen at the end, if it's a difficult conversation, but it's getting people to own that, isn't it? So, Correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there were well, there's two really good key tips there for people listening. Thank you. Um, what would be your key message on getting it right when bringing in change so what would be your like your key tip
0: um, my key tip and, and and again you know I'm looking at uh, what I did when I drove change um, and I think the best change that I led was when I was very well prepared um, so by that I mean have a rational like why are we changing things, you know? And also, what's in it for them? <laughs> yeah, because that's the first thing they're gonna be—they're uh, gonna be asking—and um, having um, a communication strategy so that the the team around you is thinking is uh, um, saying are saying the same words, you know, and yeah. are singing the same the same song. Because otherwise, if people are starting to um, deliver messages that are completely contradictory then you're in for a disaster Um, so it's all in the planning with your team uh, from the beginning to the end and the consistency of the message Um, and I remember when I was when I was ahead I remember that uh, my team and I we produced a list of uh, 10 words that we would always use with the staff so, the staff would hear it from all over our team, and that was really quite um mm. quite amazing because even the parents and the cho- and the students and then everybody would use th- those words. we were all aligned on the change because you know those words would yeah. be used, so it it does work it takes it takes a lot of planning yeah
1: yeah it does mm-hmm. doesn't it I think the the best change I ever had was around the communications, and actually was uh, again a learn a learning lesson from me. Um, because I just got promoted and moved into a new job, um, and we were changing how our helpline worked, um, and the manager underneath me—well, there was three of them, but there was one that was clearly excellent at communication, and she corralled all of the people, all of the managers together. She got them all singing from the same sheet, mm-hmm. um, and she put in things like a um, a way of getting questions frequently asked questions from the Mm. staff and then she made sure that the answers were consistent and shared in one document and it was just the way she handled it I thought you know she was she was really superb at communications and she taught me an awful lot I have to say that's good that's
0: really good those lovely lessons are. yes indeed indeed yes
1: Have you ever worked in an organization, uh, a business, wherever, with a culture based on fear?
0: I would say yes. I mean, I I would say that um, when I took on my first headship, um, yes, it was a culture of fear because um, the school had to change Mm -hmm. and people were very fearful of what I, the new head, was going to do. So I experienced it as as a new head teacher but also as a situation that I had to change, I had to make people not fear the change. Yeah. So um, so yes, I have. And what I would say to that is that I think once people understand why we need to change, um, you need to build trust and confidence and you need to co-construct with them so yeah. that the change belongs to them and belongs to you know whoever is driving the change it needs to be a collective yeah. exercise otherwise um it's going to be two different things you know and um i i always said that the 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 ad, you know the admin staff whereas it were as important as the teaching staff i i always say you know it's the one world alliance kind yeah. of thing yeah. um and You you also need to look after people and you develop a sense of, um, you know, becoming more curious about their life and who they are, and you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and it takes time for this culture of fear to disappear. Mm. But in my, Mm -hmm. in my personal experience, it did disappear and it was really a nice, became quite a family feeling after that, you know, everybody knew each other and then, we know where we're going and we're okay. Um, so yeah.
1: that sounds the right way of um, dealing it. Um, I like, was it co-construct?
0: Co-construct, yeah. yeah I like
1: yeah. that. That's, yeah. Uh, that's you and your language again, isn't indeed. it? it indeed, indeed. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, like I, I would always teach lesson and I would always say to my students, okay, I need you to take the lesson. I, need, I want you to, to teach the lesson. So co-construct the lesson with me. Um, I just think it's really important to have people on board and Mm. to give them um, an opportunity to feel valued, but also to contribute. Um, And also because they've got different ideas, you know, if everything was done, it it wouldn't work necessarily. Um, So I I love to hear what, how people can contribute to, you know, for the better for for getting things even better.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Sounds like
1: um, uh, the right way forward to me. Um, in, and you, you keep talking about feed-forward approach yes. in your yes. um, blogs, yes. uh, posts, etc. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? what it is and
0: yeah. um,
1: yeah. things that stand out?
0: Yeah, okay. Feed-forward is is the opposite of feedback, in my opinion, because feedback is about, okay, so this is what you need to improve, um, this is what you've done well, and this is what you need to improve. Feed-forward is only about... Um, to be even better, this is what I need to do. Yeah. So it's the even better. Yeah. What, I'm, what do I need to do to be even better? And I often ask myself, what do I need to do to be an even better coach? Mm-hmm. It's a very simple question. So I'm not looking at the negative, like what do I need to improve from last performance where I know that I didn't do very well, da, 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 da. Okay, I'm focusing my brain on the positive. So yeah. I'm great but how can i be a great greater coach for example and uh, it's putting your brain in the right direction you know in the right mode of thinking for you to be very creative and because otherwise your brain is stuck to the negative yeah and then you're stuck in the past yes yeah. you know and you'd be great so okay. so that's my feed forward people are struggling with that i did a training 3 weeks ago and people were really struggling to not give feedback They because they were you know they 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 wanted to talk about the past and how people had done and I said no 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 it's what can you do to be even better? You're grey, so you know, what's elevate yourself, kind of expand, you know? Yeah. And they were like, Oh, different. So very similar, but not
1: quite to me talking about strengths and concentrating on your strengths and improving yes. I saw your better. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah um and i really do believe if you think about children if you think about children and at school i had a daughter who was 9 she throughout her school her young days she i was up to school every 6 weeks with her um because they said she was naughty um so we changed her school in the end because i felt they were being quite unjust at times mm. um and um, what the next school did was just praise her for what she did and start saying, yeah, that's mm-hmm. brilliant, you know, do a bit more of that and things like that. And the change in her behaviour was overwhelming. And we realised, and that's yeah. kind of one of the lessons that I took yeah. with that, was um, actually if you if you tell people that their strengths and you motivate motivate them that way they're going to do that much better because they're not being put down all the
0: time yes when
1: you put down you get fed up with it yes
0: yes i i totally agree with that and and you know people people know what they they know their weaknesses they don't need yeah. to be reminded you know no um, so yeah <laughs> yeah
1: exactly I, I i always know mine I'm <laughs> probably <laughs> waffling too much <laughs> um so um did you learn anything
0: particular from managers in your past that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's two men who've been a massive influence in my life. So the first one was called Derek Wise. He was the uh, head teacher of a school where uh, he appointed me, actually, at Cramington High School in Northumberland. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he gave me the biggest chance of my life. He had a research group in the school. And I was always interested by the gifted and talented students. Um, And he, he said to me, well, you could put a bid in and you could go and see, you know, the best practice in the world about gifted and talented students. So I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll put something together. I don't think he's going to allow me to go for four weeks in April during term time to Australia and New Zealand. Anyway, he would always wait in his office in the morning, hands in his pocket. And he got me into his office and he said, well, I think you need to pack because you're on that flight. You're going. I'm giving you four weeks off to go and, and research gifted and talented in Australia and New Zealand. And really? that completely changed my outlook on staff development. Yeah. And when I became a head, I gave that same chance to my staff. Mm-hmm. because they were they were training around the world and i know you know it's public money and you've got to go to london and actually when you cost it it's cheaper sometimes to go to the states than to go to london by train you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. so we've done our we we have done our our exercise and our risk assessment so uh, so i've learned that actually um it's about giving a, a different perspective to um professional development and looking bigger it's the global um it's globalism that I've learned with him. And my second one, my second head was called David Conway, and he was in Sheffield. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he just a superb head teacher. It's like how you want to be a head teacher. He's still a head teacher, not in Sheffield, in the South, and I'm still in touch with him. And um, he, he, he understood very quickly, I was his deputy head, Um, And he understood very quickly that I always wanted to succeed, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted the school to be the best to succeed and uh, so I really was like that, right? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, Nadine, you can get to that destination, but you can take another road, Mm -hmm. you know, because in the way I was looking at things, there was only the M1, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, to get to the south, you can take different roads. Yeah. You know, you can take the A1, you can take the little roads, you know, in the countryside. Yes, it's longer, but maybe it's better, you know. Yeah. And he made me understood that there is never one way to get to where you want to be. And mm-hmm. perhaps to be a bit more flexible, because at the time, perhaps I wasn't that flexible. Yeah. Um, and he was just absolutely amazing. And I keep telling him, I really, really loved working with him. Um, and actually, last year, he did call me to work with him um, for, oh, for brilliant. a week. Um, So we did, uh, we did some, I I helped him on one particular um, aspect for the school, but I was really, really good. So I'm very privileged to have met these two people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that made me a better person as well. Yeah.
1: Totally. And I think that story is lovely because it's right, because sometimes the slightly slower route is perhaps going to give you a lot more from different angles Yes. um, and build up more skills you probably wouldn't have had otherwise so so he's yeah. right
0: yeah, yeah. and I, I and i remember my coach because i had a coach at the time that i met in new zealand um and she said to me um you don't have to sprint you can run a marathon and uh <laughs> that stayed with me as well because i thought, yeah. with me you know i always i was very i'm very competitive i always want to be the first one yeah. and, uh, you know best results ever and, uh, And and in fact, it's okay not to have the best results ever. I mean, I've learned that, you know, sometimes you just can't. I mean, uh, people were asking me, you know, the results won't be able to go any higher, Nadine. And I was like, how are we gonna cope with that? You know, I mean, um, so I think those people have told me and have taught me how to accept, first of all, that uh, I can't always have it my way fast. Um, and that there are other ways to do things Mm. and I really like that
1: my husband always says to the grandchildren it's the taking part that counts (laughs) yeah and I like that yes indeed yeah so considering it's quite competitive as well (laughs) yes yes (laughs) but it is normal (laughs) so there that I love those stories thank you who or what is your inspiration
0: um, mm, th- th- that's a tricky one, this one. I mean, I would say that my true inspiration has been my father. Um, mm-hmm. He's always worked very hard in his life. Um, he never complained about anything, got on with everything. Mm-hmm. Even while he was very ill, everything was fine until the very end. And it's that degree of resilience that I totally admire. Mm. You know, no matter what's happening, you just keep going. Um, because that's life, you know, and I think that's what I miss from him to some extent, but uh, that's also his legacy with me that I am trying to perpetuate. you know, I'm trying to say, yeah, "Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I I want to be like that, Um, and I hope I am, you know. Um, So if I had to just name one person, it would be him. Then it would be my husband and my children. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah, I totally get that totally get it and mm-hmm. um, again yeah and and that is a trait uh, a really good trait to have because it is just getting up and keep going because sometimes yeah. you do get thrown thrown a, a curved ball yeah or something, and you've just got to keep going
0: yeah 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 Yeah, you can't just sit there and cry. And I mean, you know, it might help you, but uh, it's not going to help middle, medium term and and long term. So you just have to, you know, get on with it. Um, You can still have a cry, but don't make it too long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, which I'm known to do because I cry (laughs) easily. Goodness knows where I've got that from. Um, I'm still trying to work out who who in my family gave me these genes that I cry so easily. (laughs) And lastly, we're on the last question, Nadine, um, and it's been brilliant. Um, What's the biggest tip you would share with leaders and managers um, that are listening to take away from this podcast?
0: Um, I would say something that I've always said all my life, which is impossible is nothing. Um, You know, I think if you want something, you can get it. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: You've just got to work at it. That's yeah. the only thing. But yeah. um, sometimes it just falls in your plate, but not, yes. up, but not very often.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, I think you've given them loads of tips there actually. Um, and we've Thank learned you. a lot more about you. It's been really interesting, Nadine. Thank you for taking part and for giving me the time today. Um so it's a people mentor signing off for today. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you need any help or advice, please contact Nicola on nicolarichardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk. The People Mentor, driving your business forward.